Andy McCullough is here, and so am I, Blair Kirkhoff, and we just finished watching the Royals uh, in Game 2 of the World Series, put away the Mets 7-1 to in, um, uh, in, in a game that uh, Johnny Cueto dominated, Royals hitters dominated, uh, the Royals dominated, and now they go off to New York for Game 3 with a two games to none lead, and we know all the stats. Uh, about teams that hold uh, two game leads in the in the uh, postseason and what the success rate is, uh, let's suffice to say it, it's pretty good. And where do you want to start, Andy? You want to start with Cueto or, uh, or, or 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 Royals approach in the batter's box? Yeah, I mean that's you know I guess I guess to me I mean Cueto is tremendous, but to me the story of the game is is how the Royals basically just did. Exactly what they've intended to do with every, you know, in every game this postseason and with, you know, with success here and there. But, you know, they just basically went up and, um, you know, faced the best pitcher on the Mets, you know, the guy who'd been, you know, their sort of staff leader and just, you know, drubbed him essentially. You know, he had DeGrom, I think they, they even maybe you could say they let DeGrom off the hook in some regards, you know, in the fourth inning they had the bases loaded and didn't get anyone, but they chased him, you know, four runs uh, across five innings. He had three swing and misses as, as you mentioned earlier he did not generate a swing and miss with his fastball for the first time in his career I mean you know you could argue that DeGrom is you know maybe a little gassed at this point in the year but the Royals just you know just took advantage and in the fourth you know in the fifth inning they hadn't had much going and then all of a sudden they just string together this rally and it's like you've seen it how many nights here this year where they get into the vulnerable part of a team um talk about this all the time you know you get into when are teams most vulnerable the fourth and fifth and sixth when the uh when the pitcher is starting to go roll through the lineup for the third time and managers are not willing to use their best relievers and that is when the royals do damage so consistently and you see it every night and you saw it tonight it's amazing uh and, and Degrom had pitched so well uh previously against the dodgers and, and yeah. the cubs in he the gave up he gave up four runs and three starts four yeah. runs and three starts and he gave up four in the fifth inning yeah, uh, and, and like you said, uh, the Royals had a had a shot to get to him an, an inning earlier in the in the fourth. Um, let, let's before before we uh, leave this, let's it, it's it's always somebody different uh, for the Royals. This time it was uh, the the four run fifth inning was started. Alex Gordon drew a walk. Yep. Alex Rios singled. Escobar singled with after botching a bunt. I mean, that's how you know you're running good. I mean, that's I mean, like, and, and you know, some of it is skill. There's a lot of good fortune involved in this. I mean, if Escobar bunts, you know, maybe DeGrom gets a strikeout of Zobrist and, you know, whatever. Um, but, you know, they have Escobar goes up the bunt, these two guys in the scoring position, you know, twice. Looking, twice looking to tie the game. And Escobar's one of their better bunters, you know. Uh, he's probably their best bunter, I would say, actually, at this point. And, um, you know, now that Aoki's gone, Aoki's been gone for a whole year, but sometimes I, you know, like a phantom limb, <laughs> paying for Nori. Um, but so, so, uh, so he goes to bunt. Misses twice, and then, you know, just gets back in the box and strokes, a, strokes a single up the middle and ties the game. And that's that's how you know you're running good. Um, now, I will say, and again, this is why, you know, I felt going in the Royals were the better team. I, I don't make predictions or whatever, but, you know, I would have uh, you know, predicted the Royals to win in five or six. Um, and, and the reason is, you know, DeGrom hung a slider. Uh, that's why Escobar got that hit, because it was a hanging slider that he could just 
take easily and just punch in the center field. And you saw this if you watched DeGrom face the Dodgers, face the Cubs. You know, he's pretty good against the Cubs. But against the Dodgers, you could obviously tell, you know, he was leading lots of stuff up in the zone. And their hitters were not capable of taking advantage of it. And the Royals took advantage tonight. And speaking of uh, hanging a slider, that's that's what Eric Hosmer hit up the middle for yep. his base hit. Uh, the the Royals had, uh, had put themselves in a position. Runners at second and third. Hosmer's up. He swings and misses at DeGrom's first slider. The yep. second one, about the same place, uh, rips it up the middle for a base hit and drives in two, makes it three to one. And at that point, Eric Hosmer had had produced his 26th and 27th RBIs of his of his career, and it wasn't too long ago on, on the Twitter timeline, a, a stat flash that uh, only Lou Gehrig had huh. driven in more runs in his first 28 at-bats uh, in baseball than, than Eric Hosmer has, and, and he, has, uh, he has 27 now. He's got 15 in this postseason, and he's only hitting 231 right, in the postseason. Right, right. I mean, it's... He has been, um, you talk about efficiency, he... He does not hit with, with – when the bases are empty, Eric Hosmer is 1 for 23 in the postseason. Mm-hmm. When there's runners on base, he is – I think it's 11 for 29. He's at 379. Huh. He is just – yeah. he is locked in in an RBI situation. Just think about this, the last three games, game six against Toronto um, and games one and two against Kansas City, game-winning RBI both – in yeah. all three cases, yep. Eric Hosmer. Yeah, and I think, you know, this is where you get into a lot of people talk about, you know, sort of how, you know, what 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 a small sample size means, right? And so if you look at if you look at, you know, this from a, a savory perspective, you know, Hosmer is not having a great postseason because he's got, you know, whatever, his OPS is below his season average. You know, he's he's not scoring a ton of runs, you know, he's not generating a ton of runs by uh what are you guys doing? Sorry, they're doing technical <laughs> stuff here. I'm so confused. <laughs> well, our producer director and engineer, Chris Fickett, has uh, has offered some instructions. That was so distracting. It what are the, what are the instructions? That at ten minutes, and yeah. we're not at ten minutes yet. Yeah. We have to break for a commercial. Oh man. I hope the commercial is just uh I don't know. Advertise us so, for a new columnist so we can get rid of Sam. No, so 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 from a savory perspective, you know, Hosmer's not having a great postseason, right? You know, he's not he's not hitting three hundred, he's not, you know, slugging a ton of home runs, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. But really, like, I do believe that the best players perform their best in high leverage at bats. And high leverager high leverage at bats are in, you know, middle to late game situations with runners on base. And the game on the line. And Eric Hosmer has come through in those spots again and again this postseason. So it's, uh, you know, some people would say that's luck. You know, say that he's bunching his luck correctly. And, and there's some truth to that. But also, that's where you win baseball games. That's exactly. how you win exactly. championships. Like, that is how this whole thing is decided is in the big spots with runners on base, who gets hits and who doesn't. And the Royals, time and again, this postseason have gotten those hits. I, I've seen him also also um, uh, from Mike Moustakis here in the last few games. Yeah. Just uh, coming up clutch uh, with uh, with runners on. And, uh, and and Alex Gordon, not not so much tonight, but, uh, you know, his home run in the first game mm-hmm. is will go down, I think, his best moment as a Royal. And yeah. what a, you know – and, and I, I think if the Royals go on to win the series, we'll look at that as the single most important at bat probably uh, yeah. of the series. So to, just to kind of speak to your point, uh, all three of those guys, heck, Escobar, everybody up and down, yeah. Zobris, I mean, everybody up and down the lineup is 
you know, is having quality at bats at clutch time. Everyone's had a moment. All nine guys have had a moment, and and a lot of them have had several moments. You know, Perez has hit some big home runs. Uh, Kendrick Morales hit a hit some home runs. He obviously hit the ground ball that you know tied the game um, in Houston. Houston. You know, yeah. uh, the, the, Perez and, and Morales have been the two quietest bats, but even they have had you know big moments. You know, Escobar. There's too many to count. Mustakas. Um, struggled at the start of the postseason and was not very productive, but in the past week or so has really started to have, you know, good at bats and and just is doing his job. You know, his job is to have productive at bats, keep the line moving. I mean, they keep saying that, and it, and it sounds cliche. It's become a cliche, but it's really not. You know, it's it, 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 you know I was talking to Wade Davis about um, this sequence, and I may have talked about this already, so forgive me, but. It, so in game two of the ALCS, he gave up a hit and a walk in the ninth inning, and the lineup turned over, and he was facing Ben Revere, Josh Donaldson, and Jose Bautista. And I was asking him how stressful that spot was, you know, and he mentioned that he knew that Donaldson and Bautista were both trying to hit home runs. They were trying to do nothing besides hit home runs in that spot because that's what they do. You know, that's who they are. And so as a pitcher – you know where not to throw the baseball, and you know where if you throw the baseball, he's probably not going to hit a home run. With the Royal, and Davis, as you can imagine, got through it without giving up a run because uh, apparently he's a cyborg. Um, <laughs> but but so when you're facing the Royals, and they're not perfect hitters, obviously. I mean, <laughs> you know, they're they're uh, uh, you know they obviously have some flaws, and especially you can see them over the course of the regular season, but. When you face the Royals in these spots, they're not necessarily looking to just hit a home run. They're not necessarily just looking for a mistake. They're going to foul off good pitches. They're going to, if you put, if you take the ball, you know, uh, like Mustakas was talking about this in, in the bat with Degrom. He was saying, you know, if he got a fastball away, he was going to try and take it left to you know the opposite field, and if he got a breaking ball, he was going to try and pull it, you know, into right. And he fouled off a couple, you know. Um, Fastballs to left, he pulled. He nearly pulled a double down the line, and then he got a curveball up, and he just shot it in for a single. And it's it's you know it's a more um, balanced approach. It's a it's a tougher you know pitchers say pitchers like to say that you know it's tougher to face guys with lots of plate coverage who can just kind of annoy you with hits. I mean, obviously, home runs are the best thing you can do in the game, but you also open yourself up to vulnerabilities when that's when you're all or nothing. And the Royals are never all or nothing, unless all is uh, swinging, in which case they are always swinging. Okay, let's take a break. We'll be back in just a moment. We are back with Andy McCullough and Blair Kirkhoff of the Kansas City Star. We're talking Royals postseason. And, and Andy, just to, to follow up on that thought, I uh, all these records that Royals hitters are set, it's, they're not setting records, but as much as they are climbing the lists of all these, uh, you know, postseason uh, and, and postseason career marks, uh, but but something I, I didn't realize until I heard this tonight that this is the Royals are the first team, I guess, in, in baseball to run out the same lineup hmm. for 13 straight postseason games. We we can you know we don't have to go to the you know to the um, the illuminated lineup lineup board here at the stadium to know. You know what the lineup is. It's the same nine guys playing the same nine positions, um, and and uh, and I, I guess that's don't mess with a good thing. It's been a great thing. Really, the only the only changes that that get made here in the postseason, we'll see the occasional pinch runner. 
We'll see Paul Orlando come in and play uh, right field for Alex Rios, usually in the seventh inning or, or later, come in, come in for defense. And but other than that, you're gonna have you're gonna have nine guys right. end up playing every inning yep. of every game except for Rios. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it sounds simple, but go find nine good players. You know, that's the thing. It's hard. It's hard, you know. Every the Blue Jays, and we come back to the Blue Jays because I I do feel like um, if I had to think about who the best teams in baseball baseball ugh, baseball were this year, I feel like um, you know at least when the season ended because I think the Cardinals were a very very good team, Absolutely. but they were just so wounded by injuries and everything that they were out of gas. But if you look at who are the best teams in baseball, you know it's probably the Royals. Uh, the Blue Jays and the Pirates come to mind. And, you know, the Pirates show kind of difficulty the wild card game. But looking at the Blue Jays lineup, they have superstars. I mean, total, freakish, terrifying superstars. And Donaldson and Bautista and when he's healthy, Encarnacion. And, and when, you know, five years ago, Troy Tulowitzki. Yeah. Um, but, you know, but there's holes, you know, and there's and there's there's soft spots. And in the Royals, some guys are, are tougher at bats than others. But there's no easy outs. You know, and and that's what you know. Scouts keep saying is like when you're scouting them, it's just hard. They just make you work, and even even when they don't get your pitch count up, they make you work. They make you think. They put you under stress. They put your defense under stress. And so, yeah, it seems like an easy scouting blueprint. Find nine good players. It's not easy to find nine good players. And yeah, and, and just and this is a small thing, but Alex Rios has played pretty well for them in the postseason, and you know maybe not. You know, he's not going to win an MVP or anything like that, but he's had some big hits in big yep, spots. Yep, and yep. shoring up right field has meant that they have nine good players out there. And that is just a really, really tough thing to deal with. All right, we've gone this far, and we have not uh, we have not said much about Johnny Cueto, <laughs> who um, uh, I, I heard you say it earlier, the first – uh, first complete well, what, since first complete first, game first complete game two hitter since Greg Maddox in in uh, was it ninety five ninety five and, and then the, the first in the American League since Jack Morris in ninety one first two hitter oh two hitter okay because Jack complete game two I think it was the first complete game in the AL since Jack Morris in ninety one but first two hitter since Jim Lonberg. In 1967, there you go. Look at Boston that. Red Sox. Yeah. Wow. Wow. They ended up losing that series. I didn't. Co- I didn't cover that series. He won the Cy Young that year. But yeah. uh, but that's uh, that that that's how good Johnny Cueto yeah. was tonight. His only spot of trouble came when he he got he got behind a few hitters in the fourth inning mm-hmm. and put two guys on and. Uh, uh, one came around on on a soft single. Too. And and if Mike Mustakis turns a double play, you got that one two hit shutout. Two that's hit right. Shutout. Uh, Mike Mustakis shutout. That, that, well, that's right. That's exactly yeah, right. One because, hit shutout. Because Duda doesn't get the base hit. So um, no, that's right. So what, uh, what what's the bottom line on what Johnny Cueto did here? Oh, I don't know. He's he's a he's a <laughs> he's a mystery wrapped up in a in an enigma. Uh, you know, a nightmare dressed like a daydream only. A daydream at home, and it just you know he's got so much talent, and you see it like he really does in these last two starts at home. He really does feed off the energy, and you can just see the confidence, and you can see that it's it's weird, you know, like the smile looks so goofy when he's getting his head kicked in in Toronto, and the crowd is yelling at him, and he's you know he looks all strange, and then you see him smiling out there, and you're like, oh, I get it, you know, it's it's just. It, it's it's hard. It's hard to figure out. It's hard to figure the guy out. And the Royals always 
talk very high, speak very highly of Cueto after these games. But after the other side, the games like the one in Rogers Center, you know, um, even game one uh, against the uh, the Astros. I mean, they're just kind of right. throwing up their hands like it's on him. You know, they, the Royals did everything they could to accommodate Cueto. And, you know, good for him for showing up. You know, good for him for pitching his ass off. I mean, did, and, and that he did. Did he? Did I see him motion to to Perez early in the game to, to get get yeah, lower? Can, was, you get, can you get a little Sam lower, Sal? Yeah. Sam, Sam finds that so funny because I like Sam and I debate this, like whether or not that's real. You know, whether and I, I think I don't think it's necessarily that Perez is stealing strikes that would be balls. I think it just makes Cueto feel comfortable, and I know it's weird, and I'm sure Sal's back really hurts. But, you know, it, it, it seems like it does – it has helped him. So, uh, yeah, but it's just such a – he's such a goofball, you know. Like, he just really is a total, total enigma. And, um, I, you know, I, I asked uh, some fans on Twitter, like, just, you know, as a joke, I was like, try and explain Johnny Cueto's career as a Royal in one sentence. And, and a lot of people came back with it was the best of times and it was the worst of times, you know. <laughs> um, it was the age of innocence and it was the age of tomfoolery. And, uh well, as long as uh, if he, if he's pitched his last game for the Royals, I think he'll be remembered fondly in the end. If he yeah, I mean, and if he hasn't, he'll he'll have one more chance to maybe pitch the celebratory uh, game. Yeah, I mean, may, maybe. I mean, I I I don't really think this series is going to come back here. Um, I just the Mets seem so flawed, and the Mets seem so when their starting pitching doesn't work, the Mets seem so flawed. I mean, offensively, like. Out there, you know. No. I, I mean, you know, I, I know they hit well in the postseason, but the Royals can pitch to anyone. You know, the Royals can pitch to anyone, and they can match up in the late innings better than anyone. Um, so the defense is an issue. You know, the de- like n- no one's going to talk tomorrow about the eighth inning, but those three runs the Royals scored. I mean, that's just that's that's things that generally don't happen to the Kansas City Royals is. Defensive miscues and just feasting on the middle relief. I mean, just crushing right. exactly. the middle relief. No, that's exactly right. You know, that's that's the benefit of having Danny Duffy, of having Luke Hochaver, you know, of, of Chris Young being able to give you three innings last night. You know, it's just their depth. Their de- they don't have any superstars. They don't have – the only guy close to a superstar is Lorenzo Cain, and he's only a superstar if you believe in, you know, defensive metrics, essentially. Right, right. But they have – 20 to 25 good players or 20 guys, 25 guys who are being used properly and can do something good and are put in a spot where they can succeed. And it's, well, it's a good formula, but it's hard to do. It is hard to do. And it says something about where the Royals are right now that we've talked for about 20 minutes. This is really the first time we even mentioned Lorenzo Cain. Yeah. And it, only because he's having just – a typical average to above average series, and mm-hmm. and um, and it's just you know I, I think he's been on base in 17 straight postseason games, something like that. You know he 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 had the longest hitting he's got the longest hitting streak in Royals postseason history. Now he's being chased by Escobar. Just one thing <laughs> after another with these Royals and accomplishments and achievements, and and so now they're off to New York for Game Three um, at City Field on on Friday night. Game four Saturday. We know Ventura is going on uh, on Friday. Chris Young, we're all but certain that he's going to go. He's Saturday. going. He's going Saturday. He's going to go Saturday, yeah, despite back. pitching, you know, three innings and fifty pitches or so in, in game one, getting the win. And then Edison Volquez set to go on on Sunday if 
necessary. If necessary, yeah. He's supposed to rejoin the Royals on Friday or Saturday. Right, right. So, yeah, it's... Uh, so you don't expect it to... You don't. You, you think you think we have seen the last game played so. at Kauffman Stadium? I think so, yeah. I think the Royals are a better team. I, uh, I think, you know, I mean, who knows? I mean, it's going to be... You know, the, the Mets are essentially handing their season to Noah Syndergaard, who's 23, 23-year-old rookie, and to Steven Matz, who's pitched in eight big league games. You know, and maybe and maybe that aids him, you know, aids Matz because the Royals, you know, for whatever reason, sometimes can't hit lefties who, you That's know. That's right. But um, it's just, it's a it's a huge, it's a huge burden to put on those guys. And they're facing the best team they've played all year, you know. It's a very good point. Well, if they if they turn it around, it'll be a heck of a story. That's, yeah, that's and it'll be sure. fun to write about. I mean, either way, it's it's fun to write about. You know, I'm I'm all for a you know a seven game series. I just I just don't see it with the Mets. I I, I don't think they have the horses. Okay, well, look, uh, follow the coverage of the Kansas City Royals and the Kansas City Chiefs in London this weekend. <laughs> is Therese there by himself? Therese is in London, walking the streets of London by himself. Oh, Therese, if you are listening. Enjoy London, I guess. <laughs> you ever been to London? I've been to London a couple times, yeah, uh, but not for a while. And Therese is going to enjoy London. He'll he'll spend a couple days there afterwards yeah. and uh, ride the double decker and maybe yeah. take in a Premier League game. I should so, go to London. You should go to London. When can I? When I got to talk to him. I know where my vacation is. Hey, follow the coverage <laughs> in the print editions of the Kansas City Star online at KansasCity.com and on your True Blue app. Thanks for listening. Have a good one.